Mega Dads Live is a mature-rated podcast. It's for the Mega Dads, the Mega Moms, but not the Mega Kids. So put on those earmuffs and let's go! everyone to Mega Dad's Live, your monthly visit to the place where gamer life meets real, real, real fucking life. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, it's thick, isn't it? Real it, life. It's, it's fucking it's, thick. This real life is super real this month. We've been podcasting since 2014. And not only that, but uh, let me get ahead of my introduction a little bit. This guy that I'm talking with today, you may not realize it, but he is coming up on one year he's coming up really close on one year of being my co-host on this podcast i was just i was just looking at at the at the history as i was drumming up my notes here uh this is his 10th episode on mega dad's live i'll introduce him in just a second but first my name is adam leonard i'm your host coming to you from the 33rd floor of Mega Dad's headquarters, located in the heart of our nation's capital, Champlin, Minnesota. And I am joined each and every month by my lovely assistant on the switchboard, Mabel. Mabel, how's it going today? Yes. No, no I know. Yes. I, yeah, I, underst- I understand, Mabel, that you had a little... Uh, a little extra garbage to take out this past month. <laughs> yeah. No, don't worry. No, yeah, I, right. Well, yes, we'll pro- I promise that we're going to try to keep it clean going forward. Uh, joining me in the hot seat is that previously mentioned lad who is on his 10th episode of Mega Dads Live. He joins me each and every month. But he's currently known, he's best known for this longest running one man show in the greater Chicago theater district titled One Man, One Life, and Two Wet Socks. Tony Garganzoli. I had to I had to kind of fudge that because Garganzola is the cheese, but I'm running out of food that rhymes with Tony. Tony, <laughs> Pipecaster, how's it going? It's the best day of my life, Adam. I'll tell you what, a one-man play is right up my alley. Because as you know, I'm used to carrying the production. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm part of something, Uh I got to put it all on my back and carry it right up the hill. I am having an amazing time. Mega Dad's Live is very special to me. Did I ever tell you about the first time I listened to Mega Dad's Live? No, but I want to apologize in advance. I was Googling to try to find some German erotica that's very low-key. And the the German word for what I thought was dong was mm. very close to das. So mega das. Mega das. Yeah. And, and it kind of took off from there. So I discovered it. And honestly, like, I wasn't a parent at the time. Our youngest is turning three. But tomorrow. you like German dong. Uh, I'm all about German dong to this day. Mm-hmm. But I found another passion that day. And just talking about gaming, talking about parenting, like being a part of the community, it's just been great. I, I, I found some place where I could call home. 
I can't believe that I've been with doing it so long, and you know, hopefully, I do it until I have that cor- uh, cor- coronary like episode or whatever. Thanks. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, you've been with the team much longer than you've been a co-host on this podcast. How long you have you been? How long yeah. have you been with the team? Well, I mean, like spiritually, like in my heart, <laughs> like quite Forever. a while. But yeah. like, you wouldn't let me on the podcast. You said, and I quote, "Fuck no." Right. When, when we would discuss it. So I am here now part of my dad's live on the air. But yeah, I was doing behind the scenes stuff, the grunt work. You know, I was I was milking Mabel every other week for quite a while there, you know, take all sorts of things. So changing air filters, mousetraps, things like that. that. It's been a long time to get the promotion, but I'm here. Uh-huh. All right, all right, all right. Well, we're gonna we're already super positive, but we start every episode with our official Megadad super positives, and it sounds a little something like this: Megadad's being super positive. So each month we like to kick off the show with something that's bringing us joy, and I've had a rough couple of weeks it's, no. it, it, it's been it's been a little hard it's been a little hard it. to find the joy but i will say that i just saw something uh yesterday that filled me to the brim nay over the top with joy a german the, dong well <laughs> keep going <laughs> that was- i said i said brim not rim have you seen this trailer for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? I did see it, and I'm so glad you brought it up. Holy shit! You know, I am a long stand. I'm a I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan ever since I was a kid. You know, I grew up in the '80s, so turtles have always been my thing. I've got a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade cabinet behind me. Um, just, I love, love, love the turtles. However, the latest incarnations have not been great in my mind like the nickelodeon cartoons that they've had recently the um the uh the movies the live action movies they were did some uh yeah they were atrocious they weren't atrocious they the the turtles looked horrible but as like as the movies themselves they weren't complete dumpster fires but they weren't great right Seth Rogen of all people, and I'm not a huge Seth Rogen fan, but my God, does him. he know what? Does he, oh, I hate his fucking guts. But man, oh man, does he know what he's doing with this property? Because this trailer for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie looks and feels like exactly what I want them to do. It's very vibrant and colorful and youthful and energetic in all the right ways, and it's got like a visual aesthetic that kind of calls to mind like the Spider-Verse movies almost like almost it's like a blend of like CG stop motion kind of stuff oh man I'm so excited about this this comes out in August right around my birthday time I told I told my son I said we're, we're going to this for my birthday I'm a 43 year old man this year I'm gonna go see some I'm gonna go see some fucking Ninja Turtles for my birthday I'm super excited for you and everyone else who grew up with the Turtles I mean for me it was the cartoon and then the what was it 80 89 movie mm-hmm. when did that come out mm-hmm. it it was like a core memory for me to see those turtles and just going through the whole trilogy of movies that kind of went downhill over time but i i cannot wait for this and they have let this comedic streak in it that i wasn't expecting 
that I that I didn't know I needed. You know, you could tell they're yeah. leaning into like just having laughs every chance. Just that silly you can kids, get. yeah. Yeah, you're an animator. What are they doing there with the you you draw? You know what's going on a little bit, right? Because they have that almost like half speed like animation yeah, going on. Like it's on. missing frames. Like it's yeah, but on purpose though, where it looks right, cool. right, right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. exactly. They're gonna coin that term pretty soon because obviously the well, Spider Verse movie was a huge yeah, hit. Yeah, the Spider Verse movie had it. The Hi Fi Rush trailer like had it. I thought yeah. the whole game was gonna be that way, and it ended up being uh, more of a smooth frame rate when you're playing it. But the trailer had it, and it's it's. I'm seeing it more and more, and it works, especially with some of these like quick, like cartoony, you know, animated things. I, they have a star-studded cast behind it. But I'm not sure about the actual voices of the turtles. There's nobody known behind. They're the turtles, all right? they're all kids. I saw oh, like when okay. they, they debuted yeah. they debuted the like the teaser or something at the Nickelodeon Awards or whatever. I watched a video of it earlier today, and they brought out the cast of the turtles, Did and they? they're all just a bunch of kids. And I'm like, that's that's cool. But like, the whole concept is they're supposed to be like more 13 instead of like yeah. 17 in this one. So. You know, I think that's it. It's really cool. It, it's different visually, different tone, star-studded cast, and I'm excited for it too. Yeah. Very, very exciting. Well, what is your super positive? Potty training is over. So my my daughter is turning three tomorrow. My wife pushed us and said, "You know what? She's ready for potty training," and I didn't think so. And I didn't want to go through the process, quite honestly, right? I wouldn't call me uh, lazy. I would call me really fucking lazy. So I was like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm anticipating all the accidents. She was fully potty trained in a week. She was going nice consistently with no accidents in like three days. And she is done with it. Like she is just going to the bathroom by herself and just calling us and say, I did it. And just like, and my wife, God bless her, did the research, figured out, okay, here's what we do. You know, we set a timer and remind her, blah, blah, blah. And it just went incredibly smoothly. Our wives, can we, can we thank, can we give a little, little round of applause for the stuff that they do? Like she really took the reins on it. And I'm, I'm super positive that it's over and we didn't have to get really down and dirty. Can you yeah, imagine my, the nightmares that I was um, having of what was going to happen? How'd it uh-huh. go for you? Talk to me about potty training. We talk well, about well, when we were potty training, Elliot, my my wife also took the reins, uh, and she had this interesting technique that I had never heard of. And so when when he would have an accident, when he would pee overnight, she would make him drink it, uh, just choke it down, just everything. Like she, she would sponge it up, squeegee out, yeah, and she'd just make him drink his pee. And uh, we did that for a good year and a half, uh, where every morning he would drink, he would, he would wake up and he would drink his pee. Uh, and if he and if he would dookie, uh, she would have to put it, she would have to put it into a blender, and and make him drink the dookie. Um, back, in again, 20, and, back, back in twenty fourteen, a, a year and a half, a year and a half you, of that. When, when you started this podcast back in twenty fourteen, was that yeah. considered child abuse, or was it far back enough that well, that wouldn't have been considered? Well, no, no, no. He's eight now, and uh, no, this happened. This happened last year. You potty trained your child. Seven. Like seven you seven. Yeah, and she, yeah. eventually she was just like, "No, he's going to drink it." 
if I were you for financial yeah. reasons, I would, yeah. for financial reasons, I would start paying toward the therapy bills mm. like now in installments yeah. because the like compounding interest, right? It's like right. the eighth wonder of the world. So I would invest now to try to take care of some of that. Yeah. I mean, eventually, he, eventually he just grew to like it because it was salty. I'll tell you what happened. It was so, I was so proud. My proudest moment as a parent so far was my wife called me over. She's like, Tony, come over here. And I ran. I was like, what, what, what? Look at this. And I looked down at the most massive shit yeah. I've seen. It was, it was legit. Like, you, you ever be like surprised to see something and like kind of scared Mm-hmm. at the same time but mm-hmm. euphoric and that's what it was i i kid you not this was like facetime the whole family and and <laughs> and share and i swear we were on the phone for an hour we called the grandmas we called the aunts we called yeah. the uncles we called the school board we called the municipality saying that mm-hmm. there was an incoming torpedo national coming. geographic we were on the news it was like and you know what's weird and I heard this later. Our daughter was like, hey, I have to take five poops. And, you know, kids say the darndest <laughs> things. What does that mean? Right? She's calling you, it out. Five. You, yeah, but, like, I never numbered, you know. Right. She's like, I have to take five poops. Like, she knew. <laughs> Imagine not only being potty trained, but having the foresight to understand what was coming. Like, right. It's insane. And she was you right. Say, I would say there was about five poops in there at so once. So five all at once. So what you're saying is this was the Voltron of turds. Oh, so yeah. Like she had five, indi- yeah. five individual turds, and they yeah. all came together to unite against the forces of evil. Yeah. You're a little old for me, but it was the Megazord of poops. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same concept. <laughs> okay. All right. Super positive. It's over. Super positive is over. Done. Every month on Mega Dad's Live, we have uh, a dictionary term. We're going to skip right to the dictionary term uh, now that we're done talking about the Voltron of turds. Uh, I scour the internet searching for some slang, some uh, some terminology that the kids might be saying that I can bring forth and, uh, and, and, and we can use in the course of this episode of Mega Dad's Live. It's, it's a way for us to relate to the, to the youths and to get hip and cool. Uh, and if we successfully use this term within the course of the podcast, you're going to hear this sound right here. And it's kind of like uh, in It's a Wonderful Life where the angel gets its wings kind of thing. Yeah. Every time we say this dictionary term, an angel gets its wings. And this month, let me cue up my soundtrack here. This month's dictionary term is... Bitch eating crackers. Yay! So, it's a. Bitch, I'm gonna wait. Can I guess that it's a sex thing? Bitch eating crackers. Yeah, go for it. What do you What do you think? Um, so it's a man or woman who's lowered their standards, where all they're doing is connecting with like the underbelly of society, like and specifically Caucasians. Keep going. how how would you think we would use that throughout the course of conversation in this podcast i don't know i mean i'm just going it's called context clues adam okay 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 bitch eating crackers 
uh, is every time somebody does something that annoys you, if a person does something and everything that they do annoys you, you ever watch somebody eat? You ever watch somebody eat something that's like loud and obnoxious and messy? Like yeah. crackers, and it just drives you absolutely fucking nuts. I used to have this friend when I was a kid who would slurp the shit out of his cereal every time we'd have sleepovers, oh. and we'd have we'd have breakfast, and he'd slurp his cereal. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like bitch eating crackers, right? Like it's just just fucking gets under your skin. Well, I'll be honest with you, this makes no sense because. If you're gonna say a food eating term to be annoying, wouldn't you say this bitch slurping soup? Bitch, bitch slurping soup. Doesn't that make more sense? Can we be I'll real? Tell real what, quick I'll tell you for what. A second. No, we, I don't want to change it. We we can insert any number of bitch eating things. <laughs> bit, bit, bitch slurping soup. Bitch eating cereal. Bitch crunching crackers. Bitch eating Skittles one at a time. Like, you're not fooling anyone. Right. You're not, you're not absorbing less calories by eating that shit one by one. Do your Skittles one by one or by the fucking half bag? I don't think I've had Skittles in like 20 years. All right, let's move on. We, we, we forgot to say what the prize is, okay? If you win by using the Mega Dad's dictionary term, which is bitch eating something sloppy. Bitch, bitch is eating. Bitch is eating. <laughs> I like that even way better. We're making way better terms. Yeah. I like bitches eating. Bitches eating. Bitches eating German doll. All right. Anyway, so if you win by using the term more than the other guests or the other uh, co-hosts, mm-hmm. you get a all-expense-paid trip to Florida. Oh. <laughs> oh. Is that Cir- winning? Circa, circa 1994. 1994, Florida? Yeah, we put you in a time machine. We we send you there before all the pol- political shit. Uh, no really Ron DeSantis. Out. Yeah, exactly. You know, okay. Disneyland didn't shut down Space Mountain, <laughs> the whole thing. You know what I mean? Okay, you know, hot. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh shit! Already, this is this is wild. When okay, people have always been assholes, but when did when did we as a society decide that there was a hard line between being like just a like a a normal ass human being and like being a complete fucking cocksucker I, and like uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that and that is how you just that's how you divide the two political parties. You yeah. have people who are just kind of like, hey, we just kind of want to like chill and be normal. And then you have another group of people that are like, no, we just want to fucking burn everything to the ground, including Disney World. Yeah. They're like, oh, uh, greatest place on Earth. Yeah. That that seems like something we'd want to fuck up. Like, right. You know, like, like Goofy, he's way too queer for us. Like, no, okay, so back in the day, uh-huh. the, the political divide was like, I'd like to pay less taxes because it was all about my, money. I would like to pay less taxes than you, you know, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And, and mm-hmm. you know, the reason was dumb. It's like, see, I make more money, so I should be taxed less. Do you understand? Right. Do you understand, Adam? 
I have, I, I have money following you. and you don't have money. So I yeah. would like me to be tax like no progressive, like tax rate, nothing like that. So that was the extent of it. Now I want to cough in your child's face during yeah. a deadly pandemic and go and to war with Dr. Seuss. I don't want to hear <laughs> shit about it. I would like to infect you with a, with a very serious pathogen, you know? Yeah. I do not want a claw over my face, but I want your womb to be under a microscope yeah. and I want to legislate the fuck out of it. Are you fucking kidding me? When did that happen? I love that hot take. Good job. That's like a hot take and a half. Good job. Yeah. All you right. Know what? You get a point. Bing! Honorary Mega Dad's dictionary term point. I just get I just get bonus points for yeah, shitting on Ron DeSantis. Oh, All absolutely. Right. What a you want to talk about some video games? I would love to talk about some video games. So I have been playing a metric shit ton of VR lately. Uh, I have one game that I want to deep dive and then I'll just kind of gloss over some of the, cause I, I, I've, I've spent way too much. I've, Antonio, I've spent way too much money on this. Um, but to kick things off, we're going to talk about horizon call of the mountain. Horizon Call of the Mountain is an action-adventure game developed by Firesprite, published by Sony Interactive Entertainment, and it's available now on the PlayStation VR 2, which is for the PlayStation 5. So it's a VR 2 for the PS5. I don't want to confuse anybody, (laughs) Um, but this is how we're numbering things now. So a few years back, I, I had a chance to play a game on what was then called the Oculus Quest. And this game was called, uh, I think it was called The Climb. The Climb, yep. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it's a mountain climbing simulator. So you could climb on the sides of like skyscrapers or mountain structures. And it was really cool. And the whole game was just about ascending, right? Grabbing onto handholds and scaling large, immense objects and structures, things like that. Horizon Call of the Mountain takes that concept and infuses it into the Horizon universe to create uh, a side story to the Horizon franchise. This game takes place parallel to Horizon Forbidden West. You play as a new character. You're not Aloy. You play as a new character who is uh, tasked on this quest to save this kingdom, Um, and find his brother and you do this through a combination of climbing much like in the climb and also vr combat boss battles with some of these massive machines that are that are well known in the horizon franchise i'd say the the percentage the the tipping point is about 60 to 70 percent climbing and traversal to about what does that equate to 40 to 30 percent battle combat kind of stuff Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting because the, the horizon games are an open world experience where, uh, you are, you are hunting and exploring. And this game is very much on a track that goes up the previously mentioned mountain. And then there are pit stops to do, uh, combat boss fights. And the boss fights are really cool because you see these familiar machines that, you know, from the horizon series, but it's all in like real uh real scale 
Yeah, dope. So these machines that you're used to looking at in a third-person perspective in an open-world type game, even though they look gigantic in that, it's a completely different story when you're standing on the ground looking up in virtual reality at these hulking monstrosities. Even some of the smaller machines look pretty big and menacing in these combat scenarios, uh, which is super cool. Um, the, the traversal is... You know, it's it's very much a lot of climbing on handheld on on handholds, zip lining, climbing ropes. Uh, but you're in familiar territory in the Horizon universe, and you're going to see a lot of familiar uh, environment-like situations. Uh, it's got some really interesting uh, nods to the franchise, where you can like craft special weaponry. Uh, you get this open arsenal of, of gear and tech. You get like little throwing chakrams that can snip ropes and cut down bridges. You get a grapple hook that you can zip line across areas with. You get special arrows for your for your bow. So you can have your fire arrows, your ice arrows, your shock arrows, all these things that you're used to in the Horizon game, but it's done in the virtual reality space and it's all done through actual gestures so when you're crafting in the standard horizon game you know you're selecting your materials and you're holding down x to craft in this game you have to put the special arrow tips on the the front of your arrow you have to put the flints on the back of the arrow you have to assemble all the stuff that you're actually crafting in real time if you're building if you're building a climbing axe you've got to attach the 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 pick tips and then you have to wrap it with rope like with like you're really actually doing it so that's super cool um this is this is a really interesting way to put you in the in the world in a different kind of way i really enjoyed watching elliot play this game because he is such a huge fan of this franchise so for him to get like really up close and personal with a thunder jaw or to actually climb a tall neck uh, as if he's really doing it was just super cool. There are some shortcomings to the game. I would, I would say that the story isn't really, it's not bad, but it's, it's not memorable. Like the, the core horizon experience. I think something that makes horizon such an amazing franchise is, is the storyline, the character of Aloy and her connection to the world and and the history of of what happened in that world. There's so much connective tissue there. And that's just missing in this game. Uh, they, they do a serviceable job with the story, but it's it's not it's it's not gonna come anywhere near the heights of of the mainline horizon storytelling. But boy, I, I'll tell you, it's it's quite a playground. If you are a fan of the Horizon series, it is quite a playground to be in this world and to be able to look all around you and feel like you're just there uh, with this brand new headset, which has incredible fidelity and uh, the controllers are are so much so much better than the last PlayStation VR. Um, there's no loss of movement or tracking or anything like that. So you're never taken out of the experience like you were with the old hardware. Uh, I found this game to be a lot of fun. Um, it's a great showcase for what this new tech can do uh, just because the visual fidelity is amazing. Like that was a big Adam, thing I'm, about. I'm so excited for you. Like at to being a PlayStation person in this day and age, you know, you have to have the money. We know that. Yeah. But to be delivered 
what PlayStation fans like, which is top tier experiences. And, and, you know, comparing VR headsets, this one is, has a lot of standout features. And like you were talking about the fidelity, I'm, I'm going to go a sandwich. Okay. You ever, you ever hear of the sandwich method? It's like good, bad, good, bad. So I'm going to okay. start with good. Okay. Imagine being Elliot, right? And you're new to the gaming world. You know, your dad's super cool. He's like John Ram. So cool. So he cool. is like Mick Jagger or who's one of the non-problematic rock stars. Uh, Ponch from Chips. Ponch from Chips. I don't yeah. know who the fuck that is. But like <laughs> Jesus your, da- your dad introduced you to gaming and one one of your first experiences, you know, being a young child, you know, VR. PSVR too? Are you fucking kidding me? Like mm-hmm. like you were talking about scale. Like you we keep making the um enemies bigger and bigger and bigger god of war size bigger and you know spectacle and all this and now you're able to be in it and really experience the scale can you tell me more about what he said when he came out of this experience he He you know he 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 plays he plays it he plays it so cool because he's so used to you know he's so used to these games at this point that he I asked him like is this everything you wanted it to be and he's like well I was hoping it would be a little bit longer (laughs) you know it's like ain't no thing dad oh my god I he went full circle on me now he's like not even impressed he's like you know what dad. Yeah. Uh, I, I will I, I don't think he appreciates like the advancements he he yeah. understands like the really obvious stuff like the controller is right. way better but um yeah I don't think he really appreciates like, he doesn't understand that it's tracking his pupil to right tra- exactly because it's rendering the most high resolution part of the screen to follow your iris so it's got that the, foveated yeah, vision so the that it does not need to be as rendered because just naturally the way that we see whether we realize it or not we're only focusing on like something like 40 percent in front of us and I, the rest I was is like obscured yeah I was, I was very like we're there adam <laughs> i was very impressed because the game you know the main combat of the game is 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 bow and arrow right yeah. And how do you shoot a bow and arrow? You draw an arrow out of your quiver and then you pull it back and you shoot it. He was doing that so fast and so yeah. efficiently. And to just to watch from outside of the game, my son reaching back and pulling arrows and shooting them, you know, one by one by one, like he's fucking Hawkeye. And it was just no thing to him because he felt like he was there. Can you um, pre-make the arrows? Because I know that you were talking about you had a fiddle with the tip and all that and make them. Can you do it? You have to do it in battle. You have, so you have unlimited standard arrows. And okay. then if you want specialty oh. arrows, you have to craft them. You can do sure. it before you enter combat. You can do it at any point, but like if you're in the middle of combat and you need you fire arrows and you run out, yeah, you have to craft yeah. them while these big That's ass so machines sick. are coming at you. Cause it's adding that element of like time you know what I mean? That that oh so fine detail of gameplay where it's like you got to do this quick. Like yeah. there was a there was a game called I think I Zombie. I think it was like a Wii thing where they had you in a in a zombie apocalypse. I think in the UK if I remember correctly, and you mm-hmm. looked down to loot a backpack, but you had to like You'd look, look at the gamepad, right? Yeah. So your attention was elsewhere, and then you had to like look up. So it really brought that sense of let me go down and rummage and look up to make sure that nothing's going to pop out at me. 
And that that type of gameplay is just so unique. That's that's really awesome. I have to add, this is the sandwich, okay? Now we're going to get into a little bit of the sensitive topic. The lettuce. How, how much is this? I'm going to say, don't charge me more than $29.99 for this the, game. The game itself? The game. We already know that the headset's uh, $600, right? Yeah, I bought the bundle, so I I can't oh, okay. I can't tell they you. Him. They got them, guys. They got them. Yeah, they got. Them. I mean, I was gonna get this game no matter what the hell it costs. But yeah, I you know what? You're you're right. It 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 is. How much is it? You know, this about game is probably about ten hours long as far as the campaign goes. It's longer than I thought it was going to be. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it also feels like it's probably like the thirty forty dollar price point. But I couldn't tell you because I got it with the bundle. Drum roll, please. <laughs> the retail price of Horizon Call of the Mountain PSVR 2 is... $59.99. No, is it really? <laughs> wow. They're fucking you. All the way in the butt. All right, so here's what's going on. <laughs> okay, I under. I mean, did they bundle it at least with the headset in the way that it was kind of like in effect free? Or are you telling me that you paid for the bundle where it was like some some variation where you got kind of a break on the sixty dollars? I mean, I might have gotten like ten bucks off. Oh my lord, Jesus! Yeah, PlayStation, you motherfuckers! All right, you love them. All right, and I, you're getting a great experience for it. Let's not let's not mince words. I, but fuck you guys, seriously, a little bit. I you will say this. Admit, come on, I, fucking absolutely. But I will fuck. say this: in in you know in some in sometimes you 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 get what you paid for. Yeah. In like a good way, and I fully acknowledge that this is like a vanity, high priced really high priced item mm -hmm. however like the quality of it from top to bottom like not only the game library the headset quality the visuals the build quality the comfort level the controllers like i i was ready i was ready to pay the money right mm -hmm. and i i feel like it's the kind of thing where it's gonna be gatekeeping to a lot of people but well, much like a high-end PC, like you get what you pay for because this thing is sweet. Adam has great content on megadads.org and on the YouTube about VR, but you really haven't been able to talk about it yet in the podcast space. And I think that the best thing you could probably talk about is the tech. So with the sandwich, let's go back to the good, which is the crispy bread where the cheese is like kind of attached to the bread because it melted just the right way and it's a little mm, crispy, yeah. but it's still mm -hmm. gooey. Mm -hmm. So the technology, it all comes together in such a way that you can stay in VR. Because to me, I owned a, a Quest. No, not a Quest, an Oculus. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things is, is it not only is it great, but is it comfortable enough and great where you can be in there for an hour or two, you know, like yeah, a, a mega gaming session. Like how long would you say that you're in there? And, it's and gonna what you talk to me about the tech gush about it, like spray the tech all over me in, in my mouth. There you go. Thank you. It's ah. really going to depend on the game. Um, mm. the, the, you're not going to, 
I mean, I personally am not going to play like a Gran Turismo 7 for two hours because yeah. it's really intense and fast. Yeah. And like, I can do a couple of races and then be like, okay, I'm good for a while. If you're playing a game like Moss or Horizon Call of the Mountain, which, you know, you're, you're, you're in that world and it is intense, but like, I never got nauseous during any of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the comfort level of the headset, it is significantly less weight than than the the, uh, original psvr it feels very comfortable it's got built-in fans in the headset so that it like alleviates some sweating or condensation for when you're in there yeah wow that's a big deal and you wear your glasses i assume and i wear my glasses i have no issues whatsoever uh there's a dial that um can reposition the distance between the lenses Mm -hmm. which is really cool so you you can you can kind of set it to you know, it's got it. It's if you own the original PSVR, it's got a lot of the staple features. So it's got the button that uh, retracts and and slides in and out the the headset visor. It's got the knob in the back that you twist to tighten things up. Mm-hmm. It's got a dial to adjust the positioning of the lenses. It's got the eye tracking within the headset itself, which is really cool. It's it's used in some games more than others. In Horizon, it's like used for menu choices. So like if you come up with a dialogue prompt, you'd look at what uh, what question you want to ask the character, things like that. Um, there are other games. I think Res Infinite uses it for actual aiming in the game. Uh, the controllers are, are much more responsive and comfortable. It's got finger tracking in there. Uh, so you can do things like uh, pick characters' noses. Like if you extend your index finger, no. it knows it knows in the game that you're sticking out your index finger, and then you can like you go see and see the finger. Yeah, or just can, the effect. No, you f- your finger comes pops you out see in the a game. Fake finger. You say you see your finger come out, and then you can pick Aloy's nose in Horizon. It's Jeez, super cool. That's worth the cost of admission right there. Okay, back uh, to the middle of the sandwich. It's the chicken salad mm-hmm. like yeah. content filling that you don't know when it was made. You know, like this could have been made yesterday or a few days ago, but you were too much in a rush. You just packed the Mm -hmm. thing up. So the cord, the fact that it is behind other other uh, headsets now have um, the freedom of not being tethered. Some of them at the cost of power, at the cost of fidelity. Do you feel the cord behind you? Yep. And did you get any nauseousness, especially in the fact that I know you're scared of heights and this was a climbing game 60% of the time uh yes you feel the cord the cord is very much there um and dependent on how you have your console set up you know that you're going to be able to have a little bit more play or less play depending on how much room you have between you and the, and the playstation 5 console but it's it's there like it's a thick ass cord that comes out of the headset so that is a turnoff for a lot of people the only game that I've played thus far that gave me any nausea is Gran Turismo. Um, there are most most games have like uh, comfort level settings in the VR, so they kind of adjust how much you can see in your peripheral vision. Horizon has that as well, so you can. I think they've got like five different comfort settings, um, so you can set that to whatever you need it to be. I am a guy that is super ass scared of heights. Uh, yeah, but VR, can't do VR, VR, I don't know, for some reason it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really hit me like that. My um, house is a ranch. I said, second floor, fuck that. Yes. <laughs> Basement. I said, get the fuck out of here. 
but the, like the the visual quality, like the frame rate, stuff like that, like I've had very minimal uh, motion sickness, and it's only when I was playing Gran Turismo. All right, back to the good. Really quick, the in Horizon, it's not just the combat. It's not just the, you know, climbing, but there's also in between you can do VR stuff. Now, the VR stuff I mean is like, I know you can play instruments, etc. look out on the vistas, like the extra shit that you could only do in VR that they do in between those yeah. things. Yeah. Talk to me about that. How cool is that now with a next like VR2, not VR1, fuck right. VR1. Fuck VR, VR two, yeah. Fuck it, VR. It's 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 kind of. Did you own VR Yeah. Where yep. is it? Right now. Where? Yeah, uh, it's is it's it upstairs in my living room. Right now? It was hooked up to my PS five up until the point where Throw this arrived, and then I was Throw like, "Yeah, I'll take it. it." You know, no, fuck that. I won't take it. <laughs> this this game does this really funny thing where it's like, I'm gonna fight this giant robot dinosaur on the edge of a mountain. Damn. for the safety of all these villagers below and then Damn. as soon as i'm done with that i'm gonna go play a xylophone and finger paint for like 45 you minutes paint? you can paint they they throw all of these things sprinkled throughout the game in each of these levels that are like so obvious that the developers are like we just really want you to fuck around with how cool vr is yeah so like you're climbing this mountain, you're going along this path, and all of a sudden it's like, here's five buckets of paint and this really smooth uh, canvas wall. Make something. And they give you a paintbrush, and so you can dip the paintbrush in and paint, or you can use the finger tracking. Oh, wow. And you can finger paint, can so you can be saving the world from robot dinosaurs and then do oh, some yeah. finger painting. There's one area where they have all of these, they have like Jamaican steel drums and nice. flutes and all, like all these musical instruments there's one place where you come across like there's this whole table that's set up with clay pottery and then a oh. hammer oh. <laughs> nice. so they just use the physics engine to smash the shit out of all these dishes and you can throw things and fling things around all sorts of stuff just kind of sprinkled throughout this game for no reason other than to be like hey this is what you can do in vr now for playstation um, Adam, you know, it's, this, it's cute. Should, should this game have been bundled in with PS? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. it should have been bundled in. Uh, um, Fire Sprite, who made this game, assisted with the Playroom in 2013, mm-hmm. Playroom VR in 2016. There were. I wish, I wish they would have done something like that. Honestly, <sighs> like yeah. I feel like that's a better pack-in. Like this, this, you know, you can buy the bundle with this game, but this game is this game. Whereas that VR Playroom was so much of a more broad party like experience i want to try doing something like this then i want to try do something like this yeah uh there's nothing like that i mean that i've played that's what worries me about it because so much of the platform depends on you know adoption and you know that you've made that decision for the premium cost right Mm -hmm. and you know justified you know i'm sure in a lot of business ways but when you're looking at the other side it's like you get greedy because you do want to charge right but then you want to don't you want to give your yourself some type of ammunition or best chance for the platform to also succeed and i think that historically 
PlayStation has done really well with the PlayStation camera and and with the Move controllers to have something bundled in. And and I don't understand the decision. It's like, you know what? No, no. We're going to charge a premium for the for the VR2. Oh, you know what? We're also we're I'm sorry. We're going to charge a full price for this experience. You know, yeah. we think it's that quality. And you know what? Fuck them about anything bundled <laughs> in whatsoever. Not even a fucking playroom demo to not have something like maybe it's not this game but a playroom thing ready even imagine if it was a preview of the what we hope to be coming playroom game that's to come right or like even the original like, here's a demo of whatever yeah, the original vr had a like a demo disc uh something and there's like there's oh nothing like that so you know why did it, they do it why it's they do it's it? It's interesting because we talked about this, I believe, last month, where there is such a fractured sense of how they're proceeding with this. You have some games like No Man's Sky and Resident Evil 8 yep. and yep. Yep. Gran Turismo and Pistol Whip that are all free updates. And then you have games like Moss where you have to rebuy it. And it's just it's just odd. Like It's just really odd, and I don't understand why there's no consistency there um depending on how invested you are in the playstation infrastructure and in vr in general some of your games are going to carry over some of your games are going to have free updates and things like that but you're gonna have to buy some shit you, you're just gonna have to pony up a lot of money to to get in on this there's no getting around that hold the presses hold the presses there's a free trial thing of horizon call of the mountain that's what it's saying here. There's two buttons. There's buy it for $59.99, and then it says free trial. So fuck me. I'm eating crackers. I'm slurping soup. I am I'm giving you bad information. I'm sorry about that. Adam, will you talk to us more about VR in the future on MDL? Can you keep talking to us about VR? Don't put I'm, it in the closet and forget about it, please. I'm gonna you played oh God, a lot. No. I, I want to hear about Gran Turismo, but I know you don't have it on the call sheet. So I, I'm gonna Really quick, I'm going to talk about the games that I have played in the week and a half that I've had it. Really quick, I'm going to speed you through. More than this shit? Did you more second mortgage your house? I I I, I may have I may have you spent too much money. For this shit? How many games? Just give me the number. For, first, oh well, let's God. just let's just go through. He these. doesn't want to say, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of Mega Dad's Live. He stuttered. Go. Firstly, Gran Turismo Seven free update. Okay. Free PSVR okay. update, all, right, all races included. God bless PlayStation. This, they, they give. They're giving. This, yeah, they they they're they're not concerned with taking your money. Uh, this update changes the game in a way that I, you know, it, it. Speaking to anybody who hasn't played VR, you know, it's really hard to describe how VR is different than just standard gaming. The change between Gran Turismo Standard or Flat, if you will, and Gran Turismo VR is unbelievable, unfucking believable. I had one of the most intense racing experiences I've ever had. Just two days ago, racing through the Spanish mountainside in VR, checking my mirrors. The rain starts pouring down. I've got raindrops hitting my windshield in 3D Damn. as my windshield wipers kick in. It is a full lap around this mountain through these forests, winding in and out. The rain passes through, and all of a sudden the sun comes out, and you can see the mist 
coming off of the Damn. road as the sun shines in. The OLED, the HDR, the the high fidelity of this thing, and just being in that world, in that cockpit, and looking around you as the rain sprays, as the heat and the pavement warms up, and cars are whizzing by you. Dude, it is unfucking real. Gran Turismo 7, if you own this game, get that VR update. You will not regret it. Pistol Whip is one of my favorite games on the original PSVR. That is also a free update. There isn't anything added yet, but they've said this spring there is going to be new campaign modes and things added. So if you are a Pistol Whip owner, get that free upgrade. Kayak. This is my Zen game. So it's called Kayak Mirage. And it gives you four areas to kayak through. There are different day and night cycles. You can go through the Arctic. You can go through tropical rainforests, um, canyons in the desert. And it, it's it's mostly like a tech demo Zen type experience. But boy, being on the beach and looking down and seeing sea turtles and tropical fish in that glorious HDR OLED high resolution. If you're looking for a chill experience, that's the one for you. Another chill experience that I purchased uh, for my wife, actually, who got into this, is a game called Puzzling Places. Um, Back in, oh gosh, the late 90s or 2000s, 3D puzzles became a thing. Really? Puzz, Puzz 3D. You'd build these 3D puzzles. Puzzling Places is a 3D puzzle building game. Also very relaxing. And it does this really cool thing where you can kind of scale the difficulty. So you can do like a 50-piece puzzle, a 100-piece puzzle, 1,000-piece puzzle. But they're all like the same constructions that you're building. Real-life locations, some man-made artifact, things like that. I did this one the other day where I was building a, a... christmas market and what's really cool is as you're as you're building this 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 christmas market the street side scene you can grab the puzzle as you're building it and bring it up to your face and you're looking at it like it's a model and (laughs) as you get further along building the puzzle you get these um audio cues so you can hear people walking through the marketplace. That's you can hear awesome. you can hear jingle bells and honking cars on the street. All and then right. after you after you finish this puzzle, it's like you're looking at a model and you can get right down into it and look through the windows of the shops and stuff like That's that. That's awesome. Super duper cool. Uh so finally it, it takes something that I'm sure is fun, but then adding that VR element to it is like, okay, this it's is just right. Next it's level. just okay, it's yeah, it's it's great. that it's that next, yeah, it's that next step of, oh, this is really neat because I'm, like, right there. Nice. Um, the final game that I will talk about this month uh, is the demo, which actually just ended, which is a super bummer if you are listening to this right now and you didn't get in on it. The the demo for Humanity. Oh, uh, the, the people thing where it's a bunch of people and you have the to The people thing. Yeah. And I think everybody... Everybody's seen this in like the trailers. It's you're you're in these um, these puzzle environments, <laughs> and you got to direct these these crowds of people through a series of prompts through these puzzles, get them from point A to point B. The really neat thing about this game 
is I find that third person VR is really the most interesting VR. I, mm -hmm. I think it's really it's really easy to to think about, okay, I'm in first person. It's like I'm I'm it's like I'm it's like I'm the character in the game. But when I'm playing a third person VR game like Astrobot or Moss or something, you're looking down at this small scale world and humanity does this amazing thing where it's got like hundreds of people moving through these puzzles and you can spin and zoom and pan around all in real time on this puzzle to get the different angles and the different perspectives to achieve it and it's just such a wild feeling of looking down on this miniature little world and trying to figure out the different nuances of each puzzle how to make the how to make them go around chasms or jump over gaps and uh it's just it's just a really interesting experience and i think that game comes out in may mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i hear great things about that one and i feel like playstation <laughs> is kind of at its best sometimes when it's in that let's be weird mode oh this it's is definitely weird yeah it's the perfect platform for that right it's if you can introduce a couple like you know, uh, Roco Loco, you know, Katamari, Demasi, like things. I think they've into got Fantavision space. even coming out for this thing, which right. is like a really old PS2 fireworks puzzle game. Yeah, let it go. And I, I've been saying that, you know, they need the software. Everyone knows. It looks like the what's coming list is growing. I think that it would literally take off if they announce with the PS whatever the hell they're calling it, their subscription thing, a VR tier. And yeah. And say, look, we got your money and keep giving us your money on a monthly basis. But since we know these are VR experiences and they will be decent quality, but they're going to be 10 hours or less, let's let's give you a little bit of a break and say you pay us $24.99 a month, which is a lot, I think. And, and we will give you access to the VR library. And it includes all the first-party shit that we're backing and, you know, a lot of the smaller experiences from these developers who just want their cool idea out there. But what do I know? Fuck me, right, Adam? I, what do I well, know? Well, hold on. You, you said you owned a Quest at one point, I, right? I owned a, uh, an Oculus Rift. So it was a little difficult to keep waiting for the sales because I honestly didn't want to spend more than $14.99, 12 bucks for a game, but I, I had amazing time with Arizona Sunshine, the zombie shooter. I had amazing time with Super Hot, amazing time with like, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I mean. Those were in the early, early days, right? Game Pass has changed everything. And, and now that you're in a, in a market with a product that has short and sweet experiences, come on, man, dude, you gotta go yeah. to the subscription. Where's the VR subscription, Adam? Give it to him. Give it to him. Please. Well, hopefully, 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 this really uh, catches on. You know, I think I a lot so. of your, I think yeah. a lot of your um, apprehensions about PlayStation VR two are accurate. I think. Oh man, fuck me! I don't know what I'm talking about. What do I? Well, know? I mean, I, mean I, 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 I think that they would, PlayStation would say that VR one was a success, and I think by a lot of measurements it was, but it was not like a mainstream hit, and mm -hmm. so that's kind of. It'll be interesting to see how this how this one does. But you you talked about Game Pass, mm -hmm. and you've got a game 
on here that I assume you played with Game yep. Pass. Yep. Let's talk about Atomic Heart. <laughs> that's the wrong button. <laughs> that's the wrong. That's the wrong button. I got a hot take. Stop choking your ass. I, I uh, hold on, hold on, because listeners might not know that uh, I have been drinking throughout this podcast. So I think uh, they picked up on that. That that's kind of they might have picked up on it. Atomic Fart is a first-person shooter action RPG developed by Mundfish. Am I reading that right, or am I really drunk? Mundfish. Mundfish. Published by Focus Entertainment. It's available now on the PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox, XS, Xbox One, and Xbox Game Pass. Did I get that right? Why do we even do this, Adam? I just read that. I just read what you put on there. Did you read it? Are you sure? I think I did. I saw words. Let's get into it. Adam, for the longest time, I was pumped for the spiritual successor to Bioshock, which is what Atomic Heart looked like. And this was right around like pre-COVID, right? Where I was like, I got a glimpse of this game. I saw its potential. I was like, that is it. I went around this place. I must've mentioned it on MDL. I went around the internet, talking it up, saying that it was gonna be a game of the year contender. It had an incredibly interesting like, um, kind of alternate history, far future type old technology or new technology in an old time, like really twisted environments, right? Very visceral, first person like Bioshock, discovering these weird and zany locales and enemies. And I was fucking pumped. Have you ever played Bioshock? Oh, yeah. You have. I, one, you know, one, two, and infinite, or I've, I've played Bioshock One and Bioshock Infinite. I did not play Bioshock Two, Holy and shit. I, I might be one of the weirdos that I actually liked Infinite more than classic Bioshock. I mean, I'll be honest with you: the consensus <laughs> is that Infinite is like the pinnacle. A lot of people I really loved that. that game. I loved that like, game a lot. I quit the game right before the moment where it supposedly gets good. I didn't Mm -hmm. like Infinite. Seriously. I like the atmosphere of Bioshock and the gameplay and the story and all that. And then in Infinite, I was like, where is this going? I didn't hate the locale. I think it looked pretty good. I thought it was too shooty focused. I was trying to use more of the powers and uh, got to a certain point where the game changes and I did not. just, you know, didn't click, just didn't click with you. Yeah, it's on my it's on my uh, you know get back to it list, but not really because. Okay. So, I if you're a big believer in Bioshock and you kind of want to get back to that first person adventure game, this was it. Have you seen any clips of Atomic Heart by chance? I think very early I saw some trailer stuff. You may stuff. have seen it over. What was the unfortunate thing is it was like kind of announced and teased and delayed with all these games over the last couple of years. And it's by a smaller team, etc. And it was going to be, you know, high ambition, right? Because they're looking at, they knew what they were trying to make. It's written on its sleeve. It's like, let's do something different. And you could see it throughout. It's, again, the alternate history thing. But it's also, let's create some very visually striking environments where you're in a uh, research lab and surrounding area where you're finding all sorts of science experiments 
you have this world where robots and androids are running amok type thing. And then you have, you know, powers that are in this game. It's uh, through a glove and you upgrade the glove and it can give you the typical, you know, fire, ice, like they spray. You could spray goo that like uh, sounds familiar amplifies things. So there's familiar elements to it. But visually, that was the main thing that stuck out to me. It was going to be visually striking. So it's Munfish again, smaller developer, and it finally came out and it's on Game Pass, you know, PlayStation, Xbox. So it finally comes out and I have played about, I would say like 10 hours so far. And this game, I have never been more torn on a game because my expectations were so high. And I think a lot of people's were, but I can't come away from it. I started like being very let down and then it had glimpses of of like incredible moments like incredible gameplay like this is legitimately what i wanted as far as a creepy atmosphere and then it would have the shit story and then it would have <laughs> and then it would have this these this combat that i'm like oh this is satisfying these enemies are very dangerous and you have to really be on your guard this isn't even on normal difficulty robots will come at you and if you really like think about it at first, I was like, man, this is a very hard game. But if an android is just coming at you and just swinging at you full force with like a metal arm, it's going to take about three hits for you to fall and, and kind of be beat to death. So I'm like, any time that I've been punched by a robot, yeah, it's taken you know, me at per, least three times to go down. Per usual, you know what I mean? And I'm like, it's very grounded in that way. So I was like, okay, it's a bit difficult on normal, but, but decent. And then I'm like, this, these powers are familiar right however in this game when you throw a bolt of lightning on these crazed robots the head will chop like and split and it'll be seared in like black and open and then it'll the bodies will like fall apart and if you hit with your you know club or whatever makeshift weapon you're crafting it will break apart and and the animations are very unique there's an enemy type that that we've seen before in bioshock that's like flying around and it's like a repair vehicle but it's animated in such a 2013-ish way or 2023 <laughs> way where it's uh it's advanced and i'm like man a lot of things are moving on this damn thing and it's it's moving in a very like realistic way and the lighting's way better than i remember and and it's just such a push and pull. I would say that the thing to know about this game is it is Bioshock-esque and you are first person going through this world trying to find out why this disaster is happening in this locale around you. And it's in a unique setting in alternate history uh, Soviet Union. And because of that, it's, you know, music and, and architecture and, you know, things that you haven't really seen because you don't see a whole lot of uh, games in this setting so it's it's interesting but you play as a very standard like American type person with an accent and with an you know American like cowboy like all right what are we gonna do here all right well I'm gonna go save him I'm gonna you know what do you mean and and this character is one of the most annoying in games that I've ever experienced at that's what I've heard. I've heard that the lead character in this game is just insufferable. Imagine Ross Perot had anal sex with Donald Trump 
but they somehow through miracle got pregnant and uh, they had a child raised yeah. it malnourished mm-hmm. and it it just grew up to be this real fuck boy and this character the the main thing about it is he's annoyed by everyone around him and makes it known but his tone throughout the the game because all you're getting is dialogue between you and your talking glove who has some your like, talking glove it, it it not only gives you powers but it also is like your ai companion so to speak so he's like uh maybe we should get to the next destination he's like fuck you and and then like he's like mad at the glove and it's not explained really why it's like do i hate, <laughs> do I hate this glove there's a secret history between yeah. him and the glove do i hate this robot glove because it is a robot and i have this like problem with robots and it's not that cuz he says oh i love this place i love where i am which is weird it's like this kind of american like very like not explained that he's a special ops like kind of soldier type but he works there and he likes it but he's clearly not russian and and he's also <laughs> really he loves it and throughout the game they're saying hey comrade would you like this free thing cuz we don't pay for things here and you know it's it's leaning in the debt he's like yes i love it here like and it's i don't know you know whatever it, it's just very odd and he's annoyed at the glove he's annoyed at what's happening he's he's very and you could tell that this is a um i i do need to mention that it's like a russian there there's different conflicts here cuz munfish they changed on their website where the studios headquartered. So the word on the street is that it has Russian ties, right? As far as does the Russian government have some type of backing to this game developer, right? Because in certain mm, countries That's not great. Like yeah, in certain countries like China like, you know, the government and funding and all that right. is kind of like everywhere, tentacles, right? And let's be real, it happens here, right? Like there's just interest. So it's Russian made you know you could tell they've made the Soviet Union as their locale and in a very real drop of you know slap you in the face hello the real world exists the Ukrainian um Ministry of Digital Transformation is seeking to remove Atomic Heart from digital store- storefronts in the country um because of its russian ties and the interesting the so So they say therefore we we call for all users worldwide to avoid this game. We want to emphasize that the game developers have not publicly condemned the Putin regime and the bloody war in Russia that has unleashed against Ukraine. So now we have the situation where this game who was in development way before, you know, the war, um way before, you know, COVID is getting some um backlash and like hey, let's protest this. just like uh other companies are saying you know hey you're selling chicken nuggets in Russia fuck you like that shit that's not right and yeah, you know you it's a whole chicken thing. nuggets in Russia right and it's like i get it but, you know cuz fuck that right but it's just something that i barely learned about like literally i think today or yesterday um i didn't know that was happening i guess it wasn't like huge headlines but it's something to be aware of so it's this very odd thing right so It ends up overall being a disappointment because I think that the team that made it had high ambitions but not the nuanced uh skill of what it took to get that special sauce of BioShock where 
let me be legitimately creeped out by my environment. It never feels that way. It's Here's, visual, visually interesting, but yeah. it doesn't feel like, oh, there's danger on here. What is this? Like, it just does not feel the same. The writing is all over the place. It feels like foreign, you know, foreign translation in back into English. It feels like the voice actors had little to no direction and they just took a bunch of takes. He's like, oh, should I do it angry? Right. Should right. I do it angry this time? It's a British guy doing the American accent to the, you know, the Russian, whatever the fuck. The American, Stadium. the Mar- yeah. the British guy is playing the, the American yeah, guy who lives in Russia. Yeah, yeah, it could have been AI doing the whole fucking thing. Uh-huh. I don't know, but it the tone is completely off. The story makes no sense. They they don't do a good job of because lo- they're supposed to do this thing like in Bioshock, like oh your main character has some hidden agenda in the past. Right, right. That's shrouded. Like he intentionally the glove stops it because I don't know what the fuck's going on. The glove stops NASU about three hours in what do you remember what was the last memory you have he's like i remember the last thing i remember is two years ago oh that's interesting and then just kind of like moves on <laughs> to, to set up the the shock of the background of what's really happening but in the most you know not lazy but in in the most like non-nuanced way possible so that's kind of what the game is mixed bag mixed bag Adam. So I guess the real question is when it comes to this game, like in regards to if it's worth it or not. So you have this artificial intelligence that lives in your glove. Correct. Um, if, if you Antonio had an artificial intelligence in your glove, would you jack it? And if you did jack it, would that be considered, uh, intercourse with an artificial glove i don't think you could stop me from jacking yeah i think they'd have to call some type of like authorities to stop you, you would never stop jacking it yeah they'd they'd find me like in the corner like bloody yeah. like right. still going and they'd be like good god man just put it down <laughs> no oh. All right. so like i mean isn't that the dream oh, oh yeah absolutely you know what i mean you like yeah. a little, a little five volts in there. While also, you're... also, would you wipe your ass with that glove? This because glove? the other dream is to have to be able to fornicate with somebody who will wipe your ass. <laughs> I mean, I have, <laughs> I found true love, Adam. You're already know. there. Yeah, I don't know. I found okay. true love, so I, mm. I'm kind of in that relationship already. I would say player pass, pass. Uh-huh. And it, it kills me to say it because I was such a believer in it. But if you're looking for um, the atmosphere, it's just yeah. not there. Visually, it is. I feel like the artists behind this were top notch. You have amazing scenery, amazing locales, very interesting. The enemies, you know, even the story about like, what is this weird science? It's like, oh, you can't control things with your minds. We are colonizing the moon, making. Um, you know, advancements because we have no bounds in our scientific uh, uh, community. So they are making like crazy stuff and they're growing food where it should never be grown. And they're, you know, things are unbound and, and it's all in this interesting time frame. And they explain away why you're listening to like, um, like European pop, like, and it's like, and they, the, the glove like explains to you like, 
oh, that music, I've never heard that before. It's like, oh, you're not really hearing like, you know, modern tech pop. That is just the effect of this like gel that we made that is like talking through, it's talking through time and it's making the fucking like, like music come through the radio and that's what's happening. And they, they kind of tie everything in in what you're seeing in the world. You're like, whoa, what is that fucking thing I'm seeing? You're like, oh yeah, we were able to make that with our scientific shit. And it feels like they just tie it together, kind of not, again, not lazily, but like just like explaining away all this cool shit. It They're like, let's show you this like, cool shit. I say it just sounds like spaghetti. It sounds yeah, like they just threw is. everything exactly. that they possibly could. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, one of the biggest things I had to I had to mention was um, very quickly it goes from peaceful to the incident happening that turns everything upside down and you tend you get knocked out right and the way that they set up the game is very abrupt and then you you know knock out and then you come up and you knock out in the morning and you wake up in the morning like or at least afternoon and everything is to shit and you are seeing dead bodies and environmental storytelling and destruction everywhere on a scale that's like you know like um we didn't think about it at the time when we were kids but like resident evil you know it's like oh raccoon city was under siege for x amount of hours and they really really did the environmental storytelling even back then saying okay what was realistic amount of destruction from x to x they put that out the window there's like <laughs> it, it doesn't pay off when you don't set it up correctly right instead i felt like i was walking in i'm like when the fuck did this happen <laughs> i just passed out like 10 minutes ago for maybe a couple hours and and it was like it, it did not add up and i think it's a shame because they shot for the target but didn't do the hard work to climb the mountain to get there it's like the meme when uh, the community meme when donald glover comes back with the pizza and the whole apartment <laughs> is on fire. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> like, what the fuck? I was gone for like five minutes. I don't know. I'd pass if I were you. All right. Okay. Well, I am going to pass because... It's on Game Pass, so try it if you want to. I don't care. You, you could Game Pass. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick Blake. Blake. We're going to take a quick break. I don't know who Blake is, but we'll take a quick break, and then we're going to come right back with the headline. Hey everyone, we want to take a quick moment to thank all of our members of Megadads Plus. Those are the people that keep this show funded and all of the things that we do here at Megadads. If you would like to become a Megadads Plus member, like the following sexy folks, you can just go to patreon.com slash Megadads. It only takes $1 a month. And this month's Megadads Plus members are Luke Lore, Spokes, Emily Smith, John DeFrancesco, Brent Mike Salvino, Brendan Myers, Estuardo Zenteno, The Snack Network, Brandon Wilson, Constantly Calibrating, and Ryan Enderlead, and our Hundo P Club members, those folks who have a lifetime pledge of $100 or more. They are Petey McD, Luke Porter, The Bafo Yucks Dudes, Andy Pensick, Timothy Alf, Tony Hughes, Jesse Waldack, The Nintendo Dads Podcast, Justin Masson, David Snyder, and Dave Soto. Thank you all so much for your continued support of Megadads over the years. And now, back to the show. 
You should really label those buttons. They are. Here's the thing. So, like, ever since I had my eye issues, like, a few months ago, my vision has been absolute garbage. You should look into that. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm not going to look into that. I'm a 43-year-old man. I'm not about to start doing things that help my body. <laughs> Welcome back to Mega Dads Live. Big thank you to our Plus members for helping us keep the lights on here at Mega Dads headquarters. Everything we do here at Mega Dads is made possible because of the support of folks like you. If you care to become a member of Mega Dads Plus, all you need is $1 and an internet connection one dollar antonio that's yeah. that's the that's like your annual budget on uh soap right one dollar yeah, absolutely i don't spend more than a dollar on anything that i put inside or on my body mm -hmm. that is my budget so does you can the just soap, spare does, does the soap go on or inside your body both which, a little bit which, of both. Uh, yeah. you know what they don't tell you is if hmm. you swallow a little bit of soap it cleans yeah. all your inside head and shoulders and butthole <laughs> yes okay if there's a little minty freshness to it you have fresh breath for like man a have you ever had a minty fresh butthole actually yes and i don't want to get into it because i'm not sure if you want to but the answer is a hundred thousand percent yeah Well, I guess we'll start talking about some news then. This is the headline segment. Each month we bring a news story to Mega Dads Live. Something that happened in the previous month that we think is worth talking about. Something that we think is a good holdover news story. Something worth chatting about in the old Mega Dads Live. Since this is a monthly podcast, sometimes he's... Sometimes these stories aren't the most timely, but they are super cool. And uh, this month, it's super sad because my headline story is all about the uncertainty that is E3. There has there has been uh, kind of a stank in the air that nobody going to E3 this year. This was supposed to be the big comeback read pop was going to be putting on e3 it was going to be a, a a brand new coat of paint e3 was coming back it was coming back hard uh and then all of a sudden we got these these rumors over the last several weeks that i mean obviously playstation hasn't been at e3 for a while first it was playstation's not going to come back to the new e3 and it's like well okay yeah we kind of expected that then it was Xbox is not going to be affiliated with the new E3. And Xbox has kind of been like one foot in, one foot out. They do most of their stuff across the street at the Microsoft Theater. But like it's still it's still connected to E3 kind of tangentially. But this, this time is for real, dog. Because Nintendo, for the first time in maybe ever, is not going to be a part of E3 and that is that's a big deal so that means all three are out all three of the big developers are out um Nintendo the the story is is that they just don't have anything to show past Zelda that would be worth an E3 showing and I mean I guess there's a couple of things to glean from that first 
of all is is e3 like really done done like are they even going to come back this year and if they do what's going to be there and secondly with no major nintendo second half game that surely surely signals a switch to announcement uh is on the horizon correct what are your what are your reads on that antonio they i don't under i love e3 you know, I love the idea of E3. I recall listening to a couple tech podcasts that talked about the rousing success that CES was this year and that all of the tech giants like Samsung and, and the like <clears throat> that were debuting their tablets and TVs and all that. And they're like, I'm so glad that it went well, that it was back, that, you know, they showed some things that were, you know, not incredibly exciting but like you know it was decent uh, showing uh turn out getting back in the water and when i heard that a couple weeks ago um maybe a month ago now or, or such that i was like okay good you know I, I thought about e3 for a moment and i was like yeah you know what the 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 season is back you know people are able to come together and then they will take advantage i will never understand the business decision to I understand that there's a cost, you know, to put on E3. Um, But are we talking about struggling companies here? Um, You know what I mean? Like, like is Nintendo really going to go belly up from investing in E3? It tells me that Switch 2 or Switch Pro or whatever the hell is not on the horizon, like in the slightest. Because if they were, you would think that someone in the room would say e3 would be prime for us to take full control we could highlight and announce in summer release in you know uh fall or whatever you call the shopping season and we will dominate you know no one else is launching this year for sure so we're gonna go hotcakes on it like we always do put our best foot forward. It's not going to be a Zelda. We know that it's coming in the late spring or whatever the hell you want to call it. And it's going to do well. And yes, we do announce at that time after it's sold for six months, uh, we announce that there's going to be a port or whatever. And if you want to play the definitive edition, it's on Switch 2. None of that is happening, Adam. They don't have jack shit. And what the fuck is going on? with Nintendo. But don't what you do they think got? What do they got, Adam? But don't you think that no fall title equals a big fall next, title? No, no, equals next year is a Switch 2. The right? fuck are you talking about? They because would, if they have Oh, you're no, talking about Oh, so you're saying it just every, so happened that the timing was off and they're not ready to say we're launching this holiday. Right, Meaning, right, 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 right. We're not going to bother releasing shit at the end of this year. So because let's it's have all a going in on the next Switch. And we're announcing in spring to launch in summer. Didn't, didn't if I were, Switch launch in, in summer? If I were to guess, I would this. say that we will probably hear in like early fall an announce of the next Switch in the spring. Because if they have nothing, if they have nothing substantial post Zelda this year, that that's got to mean that there's a focus on software to launch this oh, next thing next shit. year. 
guess when Switch launched. Guess what month? What was it? March. Mm-hmm. Released in March of 2017. That means E3 would be way too early. It would be too early. It would be nine months ahead. They don't want to do that shit. That's not yeah. their style. They can announce in holiday. Yeah. Drop some hints. And see, but how do they how do they capitalize off that then? That's that's the weird thing is there's gonna be this weird stagnant yeah. period post Zelda. But honestly, like I mean, they you know, have some stuff. Let's be real. I don't wanna be a no, uh, they do. They do. But as far as like the first part of big think, blockbuster shit, yeah. Mother, mother, whatever, eight or whatever the fuck people keep asking for. Some shit like that. <laughs> Where's Mario? Jeez. Like, how long has it been? It's, it's been uh, a while. I would not I, be surprised about Odyssey 2 this right. holiday. Oh, if, I wouldn't. You know, I would have, like a year ago, I would have put money on the fact that there would have been a new Mario game coming out with alongside yep. this motion picture. Yep. That's, That's clearly not happening. It, when is the picture? In a it's like weeks. in a month. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Nintendo's, um, they have, one of the things that they've done consistently is surprise people. They have shocked the world by coming out of left field with whether it be a hardware thing or Pokemon Sleep or whatever the, like, some weird title and they all they are able to keep things tight-lipped and secret until they're ready and then they do it and they don't really understand or i guess care really about the western media cycle and and all that shit if, if there's a rogue it's nintendo and i fucking hate it like i as a seriously i fucking hate it and you know what i hope that they're not licking their chops saying you know what our play tree, playground, whatever the fuck things, that's going to handle our lot. What if there is a Switch fucking 2 coming and they're like, fuck E3, we'll do it with our... <laughs> we are about to show you this game. How did you like that? <laughs> How did you like that? Here's what we just showed you in case you fell asleep. And How then was that? One, yeah, one more time. Did you like our explanation of me telling you what you just saw? Did you like my explanation of the explanation of what you just saw? Shut the fuck up! I am not brain dead. I understand what the fuck you're saying. I saw what you just showed me. They show you a trailer. They're like, check this out. Sizzle trailer. Great. Oh, that was cool. Then they explain the sizzle trailer. That's not what a sizzle trailer is for. That is not what a sizzle trailer is for. It's for me to baby step you did you see how kirby swallowed the guy holy shit wasn't that crazy no strange, it was lukewarm at best strangely enough that's actually um how that's how we go through it uh with fornication in my house so when i have sex with my wife i go how was that? <laughs> did you like that? Did, did you, you feel enjoy? That? Did you enjoy that? <laughs> Is it in? <laughs> Is it all the way? Oh my god! Anyway. I, you know, I I have to say, like, I had a, a little behind the scenes. I was conversing with one of the Reed Pop represent representatives about E3 for the last couple of months, fully intending to go, 
And now I don't know if I even want to. Um, let's be real. There are uh, spaces in the map that I've seen in the past, and obviously, uh, not th- they don't call them third party, do they? Is it third party? Like third like party. a Ubisoft and uh, yeah, yeah. But but Ubisoft is an EA and all these. Well, EA actually does their own thing now too, don't they? Do yeah, EA, Ubisoft but, is going um, to be the entire yeah, uh, no, LA oh, Convention yeah. Center. <laughs> Come and see Ubisoft, guys. <laughs> don't you want to fucking see? This sinking ship with skull and bones? <laughs> it's going to oh be skull god. and bones in every single three hours. Oh my god, fuck that. Don't go, Adam. It's Seriously. sad. I'm sad. I know. And if you don't I, go, you're not supporting E3. And then if it dies, it's your fault. I mean, honestly, like, if none of them are there, like, why the fuck would I go? Why would you? Why would I go? I don't so, know. Adam, come on. Let, I don't know because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to claim to know. I'm a simple man. All right. I can count on my fingers and with my toes. It costs them money to be at E3. Yeah. Right. Is it really that detrimental? Can they not justify this shit to their shareholders? I'll tell you what. If Nintendo right. made better business decisions, in my estimation, they would sell 1.5 what they're doing now. They just make such boneheaded moves in in my view that i think that they could do things in a different way that would make more profits and maybe then they could you know bite off uh, uh being at a trade show like what is the big aversion we could really save money here what pencil neck suit motherfuckers are at these companies that are like well uh e3's on the docket we wanted to bring that up mm, costs costs Costs, you know, it's gonna cost us a uh, pretty penny to go out there, and uh, no one else is going out there. Uh, I don't see opportunity in being the only one at a major trade show with the world's eyes on us. No, I, we could just do a treehouse because everyone loves those. The treehouses are fucking awesome when you have people playing games and us watching them, and it's poor quality, and people are poor public speakers. And fucking like talking about the game in non-interesting ways. Oh, we have a pause menu in this game. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, can you, hit the, pa- can you hit the pause menu? Oh, <laughs> look at that. Oh, oh, these these little creatures come out of the grass. It goes like that. Fireworks. Hot take. <laughs> that was a retroactive hot take I'm yeah done. i think you i think you i think <laughs> yeah, you did it on I'm the tail sorry. end there yeah I, I i come from a marketing background right that they they handle it pretty poorly in my estimation like even the best video presentations that we've seen like the best like pick out playstations pick out xboxes you know like nintendo's had good directs but come on like do you ever like isn't it worth something, Adam, to come away with a moment and the whole world yeah. watching this live? And you're like, holy shit, that is fucking awesome. That was I, worth it. It's getting me excited. I've spent money off that experience of of watching it. And maybe, yeah, okay, maybe I would have without it. But come on, can we put some fucking effort in it? You know what I mean? If you're gonna if you're gonna put it in, can you make some noise for me? Or am I just gonna put it in, put it out? silently with no sound effects i want to hear a little moaning that's all how was that 
Yeah. Did you like that? Did you feel that? It it's Was so odd how like non personal the the you know for, for for an industry for a for a for a media industry to be so entrenched with people being like rallied around their base and I'm an Xbox guy and I'm a Nintendo guy. I feel like all three have become so disjointed and disconnected in their personalities. Like who is the Nintendo guy now? There's no Nintendo guy now. Who's Reggie, the PlayStation Reggie was guy making now? fun of the whole fact that they weren't going to be there. When Reggie like right. tweet, tweeted about Nintendo not showing up at E3, he was like tongue in cheek about it. You know, Geoff got on there and Keely was it's like, a, "It's all about Haha. doing things the most efficient and cost-effective way," and it's just not as exciting how, how anymore. How gross is that? Yeah, uh, I, I said once on you know one of our podcasts that I thought that gaming really changed in the 360 era, right around there. We had some of the best games, some of the most forward-facing ideas, some of the greatest innovation. And I think we are all seeing it that the business aspect is, as with all things, kind of really fucking things up. And and if you think about it, it's fucked up on two levels. One is video games are, you know, a game or toy or whatever you want to call about it. That's supposed to be about joy. And literally it's like, let's evoke some, some some emotion let's evoke some you know joy out of this activity and the second part of it is oh and this is art right isn't that the whole thing like we are elevating it's not just like any other fun activity it's also to a higher level where it's you know more involved you know the emotions are involved and, and community is involved with online gaming and all these concepts right and we we stood on that for a long time and now Look at where we are. It's it's kind of a night and day to me. Yeah. Fuck Adam. All right, <clears throat> that's my hot take. Let's let's go to super positives again. Can you do right. super positives again? I mean, your, your headline is much <laughs> more positive and exciting. I than love mine. this headline. Yes. Talk about it. <laughs> Final Fantasy 16 headline bonanza. Okay, so we are big big fans of Final Fantasy as Fuck a franchise yeah. here. Adam has a Final Fantasy tattoo, three of them. One is a tramp stamp, one's on the left nipple, and one is on a place that I can't say because even Megadad's Live has a line, and I will not cross it. Recently, Final Fantasy 16 was seen by journalists. I have a cactar were- on the shaft of my cock. Recently, Final Fantasy 16 has been seen by journalists. They went hands-on with a demo. And out of that came headline after headline after headline. So I'd like to do things a little bit differently this time around. I'm going to give you a tidbit of information that came out of it. And then I'd like to get your thoughts on it, Adam, because you are the biggest Final Fantasy 16 Cactar fan that I've ever seen. Uh-huh. I have to ask before because I want to be genuine on the podcast. Did you did you follow all of this news that came out of the recent demo last week? I've I've seen some of it probably You've You've probably not okay. all of it. Have you seen the actual uh footage of that was released? Of- some of it. Perfect. There there Great. was a lot. There was a no. lot of shit that they dropped and I and have this, not looked exactly. at all. Exactly. And this is why I wanted to talk about it because ladies and gentlemen, Final Fantasy 16 has had a new approach. It's it's a radical change in certain areas 
and it's true to form in others, supposedly. So let's go down the list, okay? So first tidbit of information, they have come out and said, confirmed six months of exclusivity to PS5. This is not going to be on Xbox anytime soon. At a minimum, there's a six-month deal. And the producer, and I won't butcher the name, but they have denied that it's going to come out even at the six-month mark. They really want to get behind the PS5 release. They basically said, do not expect at the six-month mark for a PC you know, port to come out. That's not the case. All we know is PS5, focus on it. What are your thoughts on that, Adam? Uh, that seems to be par for the course. That's you pretty like that, ex- don't you? You don't want any fucking nasty Xbox fans to have their paws on this I wouldn't say shit. that I like no, that. Fuck those I would games. say that that's very uh-huh. much like what that's what they did with Remake. That's you not what they did with Xbox. Crisis Core. You hate Xbox. Oh, so yeah, much. I hate Xbox. Oh, you hate Xbox them. is for losers. Yeah. Um, but no, this doesn't surprise me at all. It, it does make me... I. I will say that I am still shocked that remake is not on Xbox yet. I don't know what the story is there. The fact that other X, uh, other Final Fantasy games are making their way to Xbox, but like not remake, I think is really interesting. And so when they say a six month exclusivity for sixteen, I would I would think that's a bigger question mark than some might think. You know, whether or not that even goes to Xbox. I, I don't know. I, don't I know. built a PC recently and I had shared with you that like I was waiting for remake to come to Xbox and never did. Uh, even the Pixel remasters are not on Xbox. Square has They're not going to come to Xbox? They're not right now. They're not. Really? Even, I mean, they're coming to Switch and PC and I didn't. I guess I wasn't even aware of that. Well, you know, you don't give a fuck about the little people, Adam. It's all about I don't. It's all I don't. I mean, it's it's pretty well it's pretty well known that I don't give a fuck about little people. It's 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 it's. it's I apologize to the little community or whatever. <laughs> so, like, it's bad, right? Because you really want Square Enix to succeed, and I mean, it, it's pretty common now. Every couple months, you're seeing a a news item that talks about how they're losing the Western audience and they don't know what to do. Why aren't we selling? It's, it's really interesting approach. because yeah. I feel like they have such a weird selective exclusivity. Like some shit is just on switch yeah. and some shit is just on PlayStation yeah. and it, there doesn't seem to be like really any rhyme or reason to it. So I don't know. We it's, it's interesting because you, you hear about it and then you're like, why? Right. Yeah. And again, I don't want to, I'm not in the boardroom, I'm not in there, but I have a feeling a suit's behind it. What's interesting is we will see a different demo for the game, not one that the press sees, but a demo is coming out two weeks before the launch. So Final Fantasy 16 is coming exclusively to PS5 on June 22nd. Adam, can you fucking wait or what? I know you're hyped for the game, right? Talk to me about how hyped you are. One to ten. One to ten, how is my hype for sixteen? I would say about an eight. Ooh. I no. am why are you why are you not a ten? Let's get let's get into the psyche a little bit. What are I'm you a little I'm a little worried about some of the changes that they're doing uh, in setting. The fact that this is like an old world English style Final right. Fantasy is kind yeah. of odd. And then the other thing that kind of 
puts me a little at unease is the fact that there's no party in this game. You play as one character throughout the entirety of the game, which uh, Final Fantasy 15, you always controlled one character, but there were side characters and support characters with it. But the way they're kind of messaging this is like, no, it's just the one dude. And that's, yeah. it's, you know, that's a big change for Final Fantasy. So I'm, I'm excited because I think like everything here looks good, but I'm also nervous about the new directions. So there's two parts to it. One is the setting that you bring up. So there are generally two aspects to Final Fantasy as far as setting goes. They'll go the castles and swords and, you know, the, the medieval type. Or they go far future, you know, Midgar with floating shit and Final Fantasy and like all sorts of stuff like that. Sci-fi fantasy. Of, yeah, of the two, would you say that you like the more modern Final Fantasy VIII, Final Fantasy thirteen, you know, or, or or do you like the MMO or and the Final Fantasy IX? Like, which one do you like? Final Fantasy I don't know IV that, even was a, a strange mix. I don't even know that I necessarily have a preference, but when right. I hear old English... Final yeah. Fantasy that calls to mind Final Fantasy 12 which I was not a fan of at all. I think um, it, it looks like 9 to me in in a lot of ways. It's obviously darker mm-hmm. and a more mature area, but it's it's interesting. And what you bring up about the the actual gameplay party wise. So what we found out from the press was uh and confirmed over time was it's a variable party so people are switching in and out but it, all of your party members are AI controlled. So you control the third person single character. As part of that character, you do have a companion dog that you can give commands to. At least and, they give you a dog. Yeah, I mean, if they didn't have the dog, it'd be toss it in the bin, you know what I mean? And you have special moves. So in addition to attacks, you have the, uh, I think they're called Eladons or some shit, like basically the summons the give summons, you yep. elemental attacks as, as being unleashing those attacks that are linked to them and your party members act at under their own free will so ai my reaction not cool you know what i mean in final fantasy uh 12 i think it's 12 that you're talking about but they they introduced a system where you can give at least basic commands to the ai and get granular with if this person drops below 50% health, I want you to focus on healing. And mm-hmm. under these conditions, I want you to, and it was a lot of menu-based thing, don't yeah. get me wrong. But in the end, for someone like me, that minutia and that like dictating what was happening was really satisfying to me. And and they and Final Fantasy has gone back and forth, right? What did we see with 15? Action, action and floating across yep. the screen and huge weapons and a party members where stop go to the other party member command them to unleash their attack that was fucking awesome that's what got me behind the what i call the kingdom hearts action oriented rpg however adam they are likening this to devil may cry that's like the the combat producer is like the devil may cry guy final fantasy 16 will not feature turn-based combat instead combat will focus more on real-time action sequences like in devil devil may cry real-time action combat system with no tactical pause 
no spell menus. You can juggle regular attacks with several Ekyan movesets at once and perform flashy combos to maximize damage. Adam, I need your thoughts. I... Tell the truth, fucking Adam. This is Mega Dad's live. At At first blush, that doesn't sound great. It sounds like shit. But... But I will say that, like, the I am a huge fan of Final Fantasy XV's combat. Me too. Final Fantasy VII Remake is like an evolution of that. Yep. If this ends up being an evolution of that, it could work. But like a straight-up action Final Fantasy combat system? I don't know uh, if I'm, I'm a fan of that. I felt like XV was action-oriented, but still semi-tactical. Like, yeah, it was, I, I could... I can unleash this assisted character's command on will, and I felt like I felt like there was like a I like the management and the, the thought behind when to unleash an attack and, and and such and like where your positioning is on the battlefield. And yeah. from what I've seen, people are raving about the combat coming out of this, yeah. um, saying how exciting it is. But I just to me, my first thought is yes, great. But can that be another game? And can we? <laughs> yeah. Right. And can this be different? Final Fantasy be different? Because the the people behind the game, the creators, are very much saying Final Fantasy is is far from being a must play, and that's what we want. And in their mind, they're seeing the success of games that are action oriented and fast paced and in this mold, and they're like, we can do that. And, and I think they're getting the wrong message. It's like, yeah, we know we you can do that. But what I think some people, like maybe me and you, are, are wanting them to do is advance the other half of the spectrum, where it's like, bring some new life to that combat system. I would have drawn the line at 15 and said, don't make it even more action-oriented. The next point here is dominance, so the people who control the summons. Uh, in this game, can summon the Ikeons. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And they can transform into them. So then you have big monster versus big monster kaiju-style yeah. combat, like Fuck Godzilla yeah. versus Godzilla shit, with an emphasis on set pieces, spectacle, and quick time events. I like. What do you I think like, about that shit? I like that a lot. I yeah. I am super super good. super excited. Have you seen I any love- clips? Yeah, there oh, it, yeah. that reminds that reminds me of nine. There was a huge emphasis on nine with like the summons, and there are yeah. giant set piece moments with the summons. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that they're putting a huge focus on that, and I I am all aboard the summon versus summon battles. I'm not going to call them acons. I'm going to call them summons because Why I'm. Why did gonna... I keep calling them summons? I was like, fuck you. I'm going to call them summons because yeah, I know they're everybody... summons. Yeah. Everyone knows what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, Listener, that. you know like, what the fuck I was talking about. Maybe I'll call them Espers, but I'm not going to call them Akons. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So, interestingly enough, right, all of this is tied together with the action and the big set pieces with a nice little bow called a mature rating. Final Fantasy 16 will be the first Final Fantasy with a mature rating. This means, and I quote, they're going to say fucking, they're going to say fuck. Yeah. And they say when appropriate, it's nice to have a character scream fuck. Yeah. And 
I mean, True. I'll be honest with you. I never like played a Final Fantasy, and I was like, man, in this emotional moment, I really need someone to say fuck. Like, I didn't think it was necessary. I think about your your kids, and I think yeah. about I think about like all the things because I don't know. They this, say fuck all the time. Do they really do bullshit? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised. Yeah. So. It, this it is, is actually the first thought that I had is like, oh my God, like, am I kind of suck? Yes, it kind of does. I'm I mean, like, am I not going to be able to play this game with my kids? Well, that's the question, right? Because there's the trifecta. There's, you know, cursing mm. language. There's uh, gruesomeness and, and blood and gore. And then there's sexual content, right? That's like the three pinnacles of mature rating. And, and they were even calculated that way. Like if you say the F word, F, you know, amount of times they put you in that rating. If you show, uh, you know, the, the outskirt of the pepperoni of the nipple, you're fine. But then you show the nipple <laughs> and you're, and that's it. No, I mean, they do that. There's a diagram in the, in the rating system and they say pepperoni must be this. You can't show the bulb of the, of the nip. So hmm. it's interesting because I want you. Like, is this the end then? Let's say this is super critically acclaimed. Is Final Fantasy going to go backwards where there's not going to be, you know, titties popping out? Like, is is it going to be like medieval, like milkmaid coming into the night and, and she's like caressing her bosoms and saying... Final Fantasy, yeah. Final Fantasy titty. Yeah, and then she's going and saying like to the barkeep, like, oh, did you want another ale? And she's, Final Fantasy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I got like there. It, it, yeah. So, you know, so it's interesting. Um, it says increased levels of blood and gore, which contribute to the game's more realistic storytelling. During and after significant combat encounters, characters are visibly exhausted, wearing wounds and splatters of blood on their armor. When the giant Echeons crash, clash in dramatic cinematic kaiju battles, limbs are savagely torn off and they magically regenerate, and the flesh and bone. <laughs> that <ew. laughs> I'm like Bleh. the flesh and bone is evident with with bone and flesh and sinew slowly coming together in a gruesome way. How do you feel about huh. that? What do you think? Uh, I mean, it, it, in video games, here's how it goes, right? You're either a Legend of Zelda where you go, hey yeah, and like you strike, yeah. and there's a flash of light. It's nice. It's a blue flash of light. If it's really fucked up, it's a red flash of light. And then there's games where, you know, you, you put the blade in yeah. and there and the tears are flowing and the, the those entrails just spill on the floor like Final Fantasy. I mean, but like Resident Evil 2 remake. I, ugh, I don't know. Like, I guess you I don't know. remember Resident Evil 2 remake when the guts oh, started yeah. spilling out? Yeah, yeah, Wasn't yeah, that yeah. fucking crazy? I was like, what the fuck? I think I have kind of like a warped sense of what is and is not okay for my son. My daughter won't give a shit about this game. Um, but what my son is prepared for example, my son has played through both God of War games. The or I, the ending the the new God of War games. Jesus, Adam. Um I'm not saying you're a bad dad, but and like there is intense violence in those games but no. typically the violence in those games is like elves and minotaurs yeah. and dragons and ogres and shit like that mm -hmm. and 
maybe it's i mean it is it is a weird line to draw but like fantasy violence and fan even if it's extreme fantasy violence like i just see that differently so like if we're talking that the summons like ifrit is gonna get his arm ripped off and he's a big fire hairy monster with 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 horns for some reason i see that differently as then, like, if it's a human getting his arm ripped off. Like, you're not going to be decapitating the human enemies, is what you're saying. Like, there's a difference between the Ekeon and Like, for some reason, my brain just sees a disconnect there. Like, fantasy violence with fantasy figures is, for some reason, different to me. Maybe, it's, a, I mean, it's a real conversation, and I'm totally on board with you. Um... Maybe it's a conversation for another day, but I, I totally understand because um, back in the day, there was like this very insightful article I read about enemies. As long as you have, as long as you don't show their eyes, it's fine to brutalize them. Like you can, mm. as long as they have a mask and they, they have some type of head covering thing where you're, you know, somewhat disconnected from their humanity, it was easier to, to swallow and when Days Gone came out and when Dead Space 2 came out, there's these segments where it's like, are these were kids in the apocalypse? You know, did they yeah. turn into zombies? And there's this whole conversation about this line of what's acceptable or not. I would love if Final Fantasy was not one of the forefronts uh, on this. I, I don't think they need to get on this gravy train, quite honestly. Yeah. I think they could deliver spectacle without it. And I don't see a reason for it. Again, I worry that it's successful and people are like, why am I not seeing the limbs of Ifrit, yeah. you know, on the floor this time? And I, I just don't well, know. I can't I, I see Shiva's pepperonis. Well, let me ask you, even in God of War, even in God of War, where God of War 2 and then 3 really had some spice, there was no, like, Skinamax in the most recent God of War, right? Or did no. you see pepperoni? There's no, there's no sexual right. anything but there in there. Was in God of War three and two. There was a lot of that. The classic ones, yeah. Yeah, and you tell me, was it a worse game? No, it was a great game. Right. Oh, you want the pepperonis? Is that the? I mean, I like pepperoni. You would like some pepper? I, would, I mean, I'm not saying I don't eat the pepperoni. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy sixteen is. Uh, you can explore, but it's not open world. Areas appear contained. Players will be able to travel across the world from a central hub location. I think that's a bummer. I think that's, that's a also, big fucking bummer. That's also really par for the course for Final Fantasy post Final Fantasy X. Like, Ugh. Ever since Final Fantasy IX, there has not been an, an openly explorable world. So I, I've and come was to super linear. I've come to kind of expect it, but it is a bummer. I miss well, those days. X two, like the sequel, was like go to the same places but at your own pace, and yeah. then you know the MMO obviously like super open. Final Fantasy thirteen, which I fucking hate, was at least the first one was very linear. Um, Final Fantasy 15, linear, and I wanted them to go the other way with it. Final yeah. Fantasy 16 is not running on the Luminous engine or Unreal, and they refuse to say what engine this game is built in. What is that fuck? true? Yeah, it's true. So that's weird. 
so Luminous, uh, which was in the name of the developer that made Forspoken, I forget what it's called, Luminous Productions or some shit. Uh, Forspoken was a flop, and yep. Luminous was supposed to be a... Um, if you can make your own game engine and you can capitalize off that and make it a great investment where you lay the groundwork with other people are going to like license out your uh you know game engine to make games that would be great right you know you know make more money um but it didn't work out forspoken was not all that it could be final fantasy 15 was on it and it was good i like 15 uh forspoken by all accounts and critical reception was not a good um demonstration of it and they're saying that they are probably leaving it in the dust Mm -hmm. now I heard that people were sure that it was on Unreal Engine because they're like, well, what else are they fucking making it on? But they now have denied. They're saying, no, it's not. So what the fuck is it running on? And why won't they they say? Anyway, minor point. The last one here. Puma has announced that it will release a new shoe collection inspired by Final Fantasy 16. Bullshit. Are you serious? It's, it's not even the first time. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Final Fantasy apparel is really big, especially in Japan. $129 American for a pair of shoes. I, I haven't I, seen the design, though, because if it was hot enough, I would want it. I was and saying, you it. get some bright red Ifrit kicks. Like, <laughs> oh, fuck shut yeah. the fuck up. Final yeah. Fantasy 16 is coming soon, June 22nd, and you will get a, a demo. All you PlayStation low live bastards and me, I'm, with my PC that I built, will not have access to it for quite a while. So there you do go, you, Adam. Do you do you, do you see yourself ever getting a PS5? You know, um, no. With PS2, no. I had it. PS3, I got it later. PS4, I skipped it. You skipped all of PS4. Yeah. I, I tried some games from like a friend system. I really enjoyed Let's Golf or whatever the fuck. Um, Everybody, yeah, yeah. I played some of God of War on it, you know, on a system for a while. Um, Adam, can I be honest with you? You can be honest with me. We're in a safe space. I don't got the fucking money for that shit, dude. <laughs> I can. I have a thousand and one amazing games to play on Game Pass for yeah. fucking peanuts. Okay. Yeah. Like I can pay for my medication now. Thank God. Thanks to Game Pass. And if I were to get Good. into PlayStation ecosystem, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. What money are? You, what money do you think I'm making? Am I giving HJs under the bridge? Like, oh, so many HJs. Five money. I don't have that. So if many you gave HJs. me one, I would play it. But, you know, I don't know what the fuck Coke you're selling over there. What kind of product are you cooking over there? So many HJs. So many HJs. Doing a lot of HJs. Okay. A little bit of HJs. Well, that's the end of the headline segment. We're going to take a quick break. We'll do a little Discord leaderboard with the JB. God love JB. He's doing. He's I love JB. Doing, Doing the Lord's work. And then we're going to come back with the caboose. It's time for another edition of Discord Leaderboard. At the Megadads Discord, we have a bot who tracks how much each member posts. And my favorite part of each month is to tally that up and determine our most active members. For this month, those members are... In third place, Boo Kitty Fuck. In second place, Wookie. 
And in first place, getting all those new baby snuggles, Brian S. And our most active Megadads team member, JB. As of the first of the month, all post counts have been reset, so get out there, get posting, and maybe next month you can be on the Discord leaderboard. We're going to wrap this up real quick because I got to piss like a mother. Thank you, JB, for the Discord leaderboard. That means we've reached the end of this episode of Mega Dads Live, but the fun doesn't stop with the podcast does. We have so much coming up this month here at Mega Dads. Uh, Antonio, what are you, what are you, uh, are you working on anything? You got anything coming? I have filmed literally tens of hours of me completing my custom PC build. And I have chronicled, really? I have chronicled notes of what if you were coming at a PC and you didn't think you could do it and you did your research online, but you were still unsure what tips could I give you that you can't find anywhere else on the internet that would help you decide to go for it and save you some time? So I have that coming up. I also have taken a lot of footage of my office area as I've done a home renovation of this whole area. We have a new secondary Mega Dads headquarters opening up in Chicago, Illinois. I have a full area to myself. I have a budget. I have new equipment, and we're going to be bringing lots of new stuff to you, you Mega Dads listeners. It's fucking amazing, and I am very excited for it. So exciting. So, so, so exciting. And that sound, of course, means that we've come to the caboose. It's a segment of the show where we bring something, a recommendation for you outside of the world of video games that we think you might enjoy. I'm going to start here with a movie that I watched with my wife a few weeks ago. It's on Amazon Prime. Strip tease. Uh, not that one. Okay. But you're close. Uh, th- this movie is called Shotgun Wedding, and it is oh, yeah. a romantic comedy with Josh Duhamel and uh, Jennifer Lopez's ass. And I'm pretty sure Jennifer Lopez, the rest of her, is in it, but they spend so much time on her ass um, that you won't. E- I I told my wife, I'm like, look up how old Jennifer Lopez is, and like, forty three. No, wait, I'm not fifty two. I say I'm not going to be rude about it, but like, she's way too old to have an ass like that. On top of that, this is a hilarious movie. Um, it is like uh, action romantic comedy in which these. Josh Dumel and Jennifer Lopez are getting married on a, a tropical island and their wedding is ambushed by pirates. And there is so much reckless murder in this movie. Like people just getting fucking smoked. Like bad guys are just getting smoked in hilarious ways uh, by Jennifer Lopez and uh, oh, Josh she, Dumel. She kills them? Oh, yeah. Like sometimes accidentally and sometimes on purpose, but always done in like a completely hilarious disregard for life. Like she's just like, I'm going to smoke this motherfucker, but it's it's positioned in a way where you're just laughing and you don't care about the fact that this person's life just ended. It is hilarious in an extremely stupid way, which is right up my alley. 
Like we were just laughing our asses off at the absurdity of this movie. So it's a great, it's a great film to watch with your significant other, like the guys who love action, stupid John Wick style movies. And then the women who might like the romantic comedies. It's like the perfect blend of both of those in a really dumbass kind of way. Uh, Shotgun wedding on Amazon prime. I definitely recommend it. It is hilarious. And also Jennifer Lopez's ass. Guess how old she is. She's like in her mid to late fifties, right? 54 years old. Yeah. Unreal. You know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you. And you know, I've evolved on this issue. Mm-hmm. Women, like, they deserve so much credit on every aspect of their lives. And I've always thought that they needed, like, the freedom to age. Just fucking yeah. give it to them. You know what I mean? But I also mm-hmm. think that we shouldn't bring it up. So fuck me for bringing <laughs> up her age. Who gives a fuck how old she is? She looks I mean, like I- a 10. She was always a 10. Let's yeah. leave it alone. And let's yeah. not rate women's bodies, you motherfucker. Well, Adam. I think that's okay. You I think that's okay. Fuck. All right. I mean, we, we don't need to talk about age, <laughs> but like we should we should rate her ass. I'll rate pepperonis <laughs> all day. One out of ten. Okay. Jennifer Lopez, she's a four. Pepperonis. Four, four out of ten pepperonis. <laughs> all right. So my caboose, my recommendation for this month, so I've been working a lot on my house and getting together this area uh, for Mega Dad's headquarters. And I've had a lot of time to listen to podcasts. And I discovered by basically running out of content <laughs> to listen yeah, to the yeah, Smart, yeah. Smart List podcast. You've heard of the Smart List podcast? Adam? I have. Isn't that yeah. the uh, the guy from Lego Masters? Exactly. So we have um, Will Arnett. So mm-hmm. the, guy, the guy from Lego Masters, a.k.a. Lego Batman aka arrested development with jason bateman again one of the leads of uh arrested development uh in plenty of films and then sean hayes uh from will and grace yes and they do a podcast together i had never listened to it i never had any interest in it and it never came on my radar and they had started it in covid in july of 2020 and the whole premise is just them three riffing and then like 90% of it as well is just mystery guests. And they're all famous, so they have nothing but famous people. Right. Uh, and and they're, they're friends, right? They're like, oh, this is, our, this is my buddy, like Joe Biden. And literally Joe <laughs> Biden spends an hour with them just talking about fucking nonsense. And they're, you know, a lot of them from the comedic background, like they don't ask, so... You know, like normal shit. Mm-hmm. They're like, so what was the what was the first time you shit yourself in school? You know what I mean, like shit <laughs> like that. A lot of it is like uh, talking about um, the like um, the arts and and you know film and things like that. Like I've listened so far to just a few episodes, but Steven Spielberg, uh, Joe Biden, um, uh, John Krasinski. Wait, literally Joe Biden. No, I'm not fucking with you. Like, they've oh. gotten everyone on there. Like, they've gotten... Um, it doesn't matter who you think is big enough. From showbiz to pop culture, they've had the biggest um, wow. audience on there. They just have that type of connection. And I think that no one else is going to, like, obviously land um, not only guests, but guests that they fucking know. And it's kind of fucking annoying because they're like, Hey, uh, you know, remember when we were hanging out doing shots? And it's like fucking... 
you know, someone incredibly big or whatever. Jennifer La- yeah, Je- like Jennifer Lawrence, like Jennifer Aniston, like just on there, just like, be like, oh, you fuckers, you like popped out of the cake and that was crazy. Like, because they're hanging fucking out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. What was the know, last time? Have you ever seen somebody pop out of a cake? Ever? Oh, uh, yes, actually, with pepperonis. Really? Right on the pepperonis <laughs> wow. by request. It cost wow. a quite a pity, uh, pretty penny, but it was my birthday, so I, I splurged um, for that cake surprise, and that's it. Smartless podcast. Smartless podcast. Well, that is going to do it for this month's episode of Mega Dad's Live. But boy, do we have a lot of great content coming for you this month right here on Mega Dad's. As you've heard, we're covering the launch of the PSVR two with tons of reviews and impressions from the launch lineup. And in addition to that, we are celebrating the three-year anniversary of Animal Crossing New Horizons. We have our very first quarterly Mega Dad's house party stream that's coming up. It's coming up really soon. March 18th over at youtube.com slash megadads. You can think of it kind of like a mini extra life. We're gonna be hanging out, playing games with the community playing some music, having a good time. We might have some, uh, no, I'm not having my kids are going to be on drugs the whole time. Oh, oh yeah. God, child yeah. abuse. I, I'm there. Yeah. It's, it's going to be great. I've been wanting a reason to boot up Animal Crossing New Horizons. Like, honestly, I really have. Uh, what? it's, it's such a, a special game. Killer it, it soundtrack. Really is. It, it feels, gameplay. it feels so nuts that like, it's been three years. That was like the that was like the COVID game. Remember, that was like the game everybody got into COVID. And well, it, the game came out right around when my daughter was born. And in the room, when she was born, the next day, uh, we were alone with her for the first time and just like you know hanging out with her. And I played Animal Crossing music on my phone because Aww. it had just come out before she was born, and I loved it and I fell in love with it. And I'm like, this has a a like childlike like melody and calmness yeah. to it that it would be appropriate for her and that's what i played that was the first music she ever heard and that's now awesome. she's three years old uh as of tomorrow and now we're coming up on this anniversary for the game and it's it's just beautiful it's it's a great game i played it with one hand while she was asleep in my arms and i couldn't move because i didn't want to wake her so you uh-huh. can play animal crossing new horizons with one hand on the controller just hitting the stick in the button so now, just so you know everybody. Now she's of an age where you can you can go make her uh pull all the weeds and then oh, you can yeah. get back into it. Just, there just you go. set her up for like an hour. Clear go the pull sticks. the weeds. This is the game. Yep. Clear the cockroaches harvest, out of the house. Harvest get right the, back harvest into the fruit, please. Yes. Thank you. So much fun coming up this month here at Mega Dads. And of course, you can find info on all of this and everything that we do over at Mega Dads. Dot org for Antonio, for Mabel, and for Chubby Dads who play games everywhere. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next month on Mega Dads Live. <laughs>